Welcome to Bioinnovator Spotlight at Life Science Org, where we listen to the life science leaders of tomorrow tell their story and discuss their challenges as founders and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, scientist turned communicator, Dr. David Kirk. Let's meet today's founder. I'm joined this week by Lien Liebert, uh, interim CEO of Persimed, based in Antwerp, Belgium, and developing personalized cell therapies. Lien, thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for the introduction and for inviting me. Please, Lien, tell us a little bit about your background and how you became interested in life science. Well, my background uh, started uh, already <laughs> some years ago. I, I, I studied pharmaceutical sciences in Ghent, in Belgium. Mm. And during my uh, studies, I became already fascinated by oncology uh, in the, yeah, the last two years of my studies, where I did a, a thesis, of course. So that was my first introduction into the oncology field. Um, so yeah, life sciences, to answer to your question, of course, started when I started my studies. Uh, but oncology is really my passion. Uh, and that's always what I pursued the years after as well. So after my uh, education, then I did a PhD also at Ghent University, uh, where I focused on the design and formulation of uh, different cancer cell vaccine designs. Okay. I also went abroad. Uh, to the US, to Los Angeles, uh, oh, wow. Los Angeles, sorry, where I uh, also, yeah, uh, did some formulation work together with science there, which I really love to do, aside from the beautiful country I was in. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, after my PhD, I, I really wanted to stay in the oncology fields. Uh, but at that point, it's, I found it hard to, to find a job that really uh, fully fitted uh, what I wanted to do and most positions um, required already quite a lot of experience which I didn't have uh, yet at that time so I started as a consultant to get acquainted with a lot of different uh, areas in the life science fields but I, I immediately felt that I really wanted to stay in that narrow uh, field of oncology and then uh, since now three years and a half I'm uh, working for Myneo uh, which is a a small biotech company in Ghent as well, which analyzes tumor samples and tries to figure out what's the best immunotherapy uh, for that patient. So it's really personalized approach. I started as project manager and then I quickly evolved into alliance manager. So I'm uh, yeah, the, the in-between person between our, all of our contacts, collaborators, partners and so on, and then the, the bioinformatics team. Um, and since actually uh, now a year, I became then uh, interim CEO of, of Persimet as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm combining now two jobs. And as interim CEO, um, I started, as I said, one year ago. Yeah. Persimet is a side project of uh, also my Neo. My Neo was also or is still involved in, in Persimet. So that's how I became um, interim CEO of Persimet. And Persimet is actually developing, as you said, a personalized cell therapy platform for cancer patients. So, so the story continues. <laughs> yeah, so that synergizes quite neatly with yeah. what MyNeo does. For the listeners as well, we spoke to MyNeo before, was uh, their CEO, Cedric, uh, in a previous, about a year ago. So you just go back to Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening to this, scroll down uh, and catch up on that before we continue. Hit pause, we'll wait. Uh, <laughs> 
um, I think the the interesting thing for me when you when you talk about your your history is the, this focus on oncology. Was there something specific about the field that really spoke to you? Uh, what was the driver? It's um, the field that I'm in is is mainly immuno oncology, so it's right. it's even more narrow. So we're focusing then on the immune system and how the immune system has or interacts with the cancer. Mm. And it has so many different layers. The immune system can help a tumor grow, but it can also protect your body against the cancer. And if all goes well, your immune system does that indeed. And that's what we try to do with these immunotherapies. We try to activate or boost your immune system or switch the negative uh, to, again, a positive side. And all those different layers really attracted me a lot because I like to be challenged. I like... Um, a lot of different things together and that's that's why I what I loved about immuno-oncology and also the, of course the the personal patient side everybody knows someone with cancer unfortunately and I also have uh, experienced that in my family uh, friends and it's it's such a noble cause every time that that I explain to people what I do everybody is so um, grateful, <laughs> which is a bit stupid because I'm just one person, but it's it just shows how what a what of a, a great goal it is to and what is how nice it is to be part of such such research. This very specific uh, field of immuno oncology, but in your words, what do you see as the major unmet challenge that Persomed is addressing? Yeah, very good question. The major unmet med is that. In cancer, we have already, yeah, we have already gained a lot of experience, and there are a lot of novel therapies and also a lot of novel immunotherapies out there yeah. that work in certain types or subtypes of cancer very, very well compared to the standard chemo and radiotherapy we all we all know of, right? Mm -hmm. And we we have seen an, um, drastic improvements in cancer survival in, in certain cancer patients, but there's still quite a big part of, of the patient population that doesn't really have a lot of options, mm -hmm. even taking into account the newer uh, immunotherapies, for instance. And so that's where personalized immunotherapy can, can have a role because, of course, it's personalized. You It's tailor-made. Uh, you make uh, a therapy for specifically for that patient that allows you to treat any patient. But, of course, there are challenges there. Uh, as you as you can imagine, manufacturing costs. Um, so that there's it's it's a delicate balance, but I do feel and I do believe that's also why why I'm in the field that this can really offer um, an option for for those patients that really don't have any other option out there. And then of course the balance balance or the or the the, the output outweighs then the the struggles, and that's what I really believe in and I really want to contribute to. Mm. And I think some of the those challenges you mentioned, the, especially in production, some of that has been de-risked already with the success of Kimria yeah. um, and other, another like T-cell therapy uh, kind yeah, of areas. Yeah. yeah, we see that um, the field is moving and yeah, things that we thought w wouldn't be possible 10 years ago are possible now. So I'm pretty sure that within 10 years, personalized immunotherapy, or I hope <laughs> that personalized <laughs> immunotherapy is, is something that, that is becoming more the norm rather yeah. than the exception. 
Uh, that's a nice vision, I think. And I, <laughs> and I agree that the field is moving very, uh, very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking as, uh, as a CEO now, what is your, is your biggest challenge today? Oh, today, my biggest challenge is, <laughs> is finding uh, investments. <laughs> uh, I, th- I don't think this is surprising. Um, what we did the last three years was really developing our, our pipeline, our, right. our therapy, cell therapy platform is, is fully ready. And now we're, we're ready to start the first clinical phase oh, in, wow. uh, in cancer patients. So that's really exciting. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so that's a major milestone, a major major achievement. However, of course, to be able to proceed, we need uh, yeah investments. So that's what I'm I'm focusing on now. So we're holding a series A investment round. Uh, so I'm talking to a lot of uh, VCs and and external investors. It was my first time ever. I didn't have any experience with that, so that was definitely a challenge for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also has proven to be a challenge in general. It's it's a hard investor climate uh, yeah. the last few months. Uh, I don't have to explain that to you. <laughs> um, and of course, we're in a, a specialized field. Eh? It's personalized immunotherapy, right. and it's we're a little bit on the edge still. There's quite a lot of people who are a bit reluctant to invest in such ki- such kind of therapy because it's so, it's so early still. There's not a lot of proof yet, which is true. It's a high-risk project, but it can be a high-gain project. <laughs> That's always how I like to... Uh, how I like to phrase it. And so it's, it's, yeah, we're a little bit on the edge there and, and it's, um, it's not easy to con- convince people to already step in now at this stage. So right. that's my, my biggest challenge uh, at this point. Certainly in a, in a very niche and narrow uh, field such as yours, I can see a, a difficulty, especially in telling the story. Yes. Uh, <laughs> do, how, how do you, how do you approach the storytelling? For, for yeah, that's uh, yeah. Storytelling is is very important in pitches, but definitely in in the pitch that I need to bring because it's so specific. You need a lot of expertise to fully grasp what we do. Right. And um, so I, I, yeah, put a lot of work in this, or in making the pitch slides as illustrative as possible. So I I'm a very visual person. Uh, I I love doing that. Mm. So I try to. Um, yeah, make very clean slides with a lot of visuals and which allow me then to explain very, yeah, on a, on a layman's level how, what we do. Mm-hmm. I, I can also dive deeper depending on the audience that I'm talking to, of course, because there are investors who have a lot of backgrounds. Um, but yeah, it's it's not easy, but it's something that I really like doing. I also talk to often talk to uh, often I have talked to patient group organizations as well, where I explain what personalized immunotherapy is to cancer patients. So I'm used to dumb it, dumb it down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's 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 very important because if they don't understand your story, yeah, then you're you cannot convince someone to invest in, in, in such, uh, such a project. Right. Um, and before we started talking, uh, or before we started recording the podcast, we were talking about your, uh, your hobby of photography and how that is taking up the lion's share of your free time. Uh, so instead of the usual, uh, book recommendation, I think how, how has photography influenced, 
uh, that storytelling process and, and what does it mean to you in terms of a skill for what you're doing? Yeah, indeed, I love photography. It's something that I already was attracted to when I was very, very young as a child already. I always looked into the picture books of my parents. Uh, I love to just relive some memories. And when I then um, yeah, started partying and so on and, and, and did things with my friends, uh, then I always was the one with a yeah, camera in my hand. I always took pictures because I think it's very important to capture memories and 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 capture moments and tell a story indeed with your with your pictures and then during corona i started educating myself um to become yeah more professionally so i, I also bought a, a really nice camera and then i um i started focusing on on trying to beautify my my pictures even even more and I immediately saw the link indeed with storytelling as well. What you do with pictures is you tell a story. And if I do a photo shoot with people that I know, of course, I know their story. I know who they are. So then it's, it comes very natural and it's very easy to put them naturally on pictures. But if I'm um, coming to contact with people that I have never met before, then during the photo shoots, I, I ask a lot of questions to get to know them and also to make sure that they feel comfortable and then I get the most natural pictures, uh, which is what, what my, my goal is, of course. And it's, yeah, it's indeed what I try to do with these pictures is start with wide shots, for instance, and then go more narrow, more narrow, more closer. Mm. And, and until I have very, very small details, like a smile of the girl who's holding her, her partner, mm. or a little hand of a baby, a little foot, uh, some light that, that just shines on, on uh, someone's shoulder, for instance. These little details can be very intimate and also can tell a story. Uh, despite the fact that you don't see the person anymore. But mm. if you look to the complete image, you, you understand the story. So that's what I really love to do. And um, yeah, making people happy as well. <laughs> and that's indeed with the pitches as well. You need a, you need a story. You start mm. from wide as well. You, you start with the broad background and then you go deeper into your, your therapy platform or, or whatever you are, are trying to sell. Mm. And then you, in your conclusion, you, you take a step back again. And that's exactly what happens with a, with a photo shoot and with photography. Yeah, it's an interesting analogy. And I really like that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Liam, thank you so much for chatting with me on the podcast. Uh, wish you the best of luck in your Series A, and hopefully we will talk again soon. Well, thank you very much, David. <laughs> Are you a Life Science CEO in Europe? Go to lifescienceorg.com, where you can connect, share, and engage with a community of your peers. We have a platform just for early stage founders, too. You can join there at nextgen.lifescienceorg.com.